Blog Talk Radio. gentlemen and welcome to this special edition of the Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show. I'm your host Daniel Feuerstein and this is the 2023 FIFA Women's World Cup USA postgame show as we discuss this matchup as the United States defeats Vietnam by a final of three goals to nil and for the United States they're off and running at the moment in time as we get ready to talk about this big-time match. Well, I shouldn't say it's a big-time matchup, but a good matchup for the United States. Joining me from World Soccer Talk is Kardik Krishnayan. Kardik, before we get to talk about the USA women, I want to give congratulations to the Vietnam women's national team. I'm going to attempt to uh, pronounce the, uh, the gentleman's name, the head coach's name, because I want to give him credit. That is Mr. Duc Chung Mai, the head coach of Vietnam's women's national team. Yes, they were outmatched. Yes, they were outgunned. But I think you can agree with me. They gave our women a big fight, and they defended as well as they could. Unfortunately, not enough on the offensive side of the ball, but they frustrated our women to no end in this one, I believe. Yeah, I agree. And I, and I think that I was really kind of shocked by how high their fitness levels were in Vietnam. I, 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 you know, maybe it's just I have the, the, the Thailand match from the previous World Cup uh, in my mind, thinking, okay, so maybe they can frustrate us for, I don't even have time when we can frustrate us for five minutes. But, I mean, maybe they can frustrate us for 15 or 20 minutes, but eventually our superior fitness is going gonna, is gonna to wear them down. And actually, you know, minutes 45 to 60 uh, coming out of halftime, really kind of because of VAR, we can talk about VAR and, and this tournament later, but uh, because of VAR really like minutes 55 to 70. Uh, Vietnam, you know, they had some kind of uh, control of the tempo, the match, which I was really impressed with. Um we make a couple of changes. Uh, obviously, Rose Lavelle, I don't think it's completely fit. It's good to see her get 30 minutes, and uh, that helped us get that third goal. And, and obviously, uh, Kelly O'Hara almost uh, struck one from distance to make it four. But I thought, I thought Vietnam was uh, uh, a credit today to themselves. And, you know, they've got, um, they've got Portugal next, and then they've got the Netherlands. The Netherlands we'll talk about. I, I don't think this Dutch team is quite as good as they were uh, in the Euros in 2017 or, or 2019 World Cup when we actually we actually beat them in the final um, and Portugal I, I liked a little of what I saw from them in the Euros last year uh, but still kind of not there yet so Vietnam might frustrate both those teams you know I wouldn't be shocked if they got a draw in one of those two matches based on what we saw tonight. Absolutely, I wouldn't put the, I wouldn't put it past them either. I thought they had a great game plan. I thought they uh, defended, like I said, I thought they defended well, and they were up to the task. You know, the goalkeeper for Vietnam, Miss Kim Tran, is five foot is five foot five on the broadcast. I I tweeted, she's the female version of John Bush, because I mean, John Bush was not a tall keeper either, and the way yeah. she played goalkeeper tonight. You know, that reminded me of how, you know, John Bush, not a tall goalkeeper either, but he was very athletic. Uh, he attacked well, plenty of spring in his step to make those magical leaps to stop those shots. Yeah, yeah, John Bush, a guy that I also worked with in NASL after uh, you, you, you had seen him in MLS for a number of years. So uh, a guy I have a lot of time for. Yeah, she was very good. Uh, maybe Alex Morgan made it a little easier on her in the penalty. I mean, actually, when Morgan took the runoff, I said to my wife, she's going low and she's going left. And she went low and she went left. The keeper made the save. Um, the, the thing is, uh, I, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds on this, but Alex Morgan is not the person I would have taking penalties if I was blocked on the And that's something um, maybe uh, 
will develop further along in the uh, in, in in this tournament. With the when she was on the Thorns, when she was on Portland, she was maybe the fourth uh, uh, kick taker, penalty kick taker. When she was on Orlando, she was maybe third. Uh, we saw Martha. We would see Steph Cately, who actually uh, hit the penalty for Australia uh, the other night. Uh, the, the lone goal for them. We would say her, her step up and take penalties before Alex Morgan. So um, I, I, I think Lindsey Horan, uh, if, obviously if Rapinoe's on the pitch, um, you know, this is a new dilemma for the U.S. because we've always had Abby Wambach or Carly Lloyd in the team. Obviously we didn't have Wambach in the last World Cup or the, uh, the, the last Olympics, but we've had Carly Lloyd. Um, so, uh, yeah, that, 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 that's, that's one little critique of Alex Morgan. I mean, I, I thought otherwise she was, she was uh, pretty good in her 60 minutes today. Uh, really clever layoff for Sophia Smith on the opener, um, which, again, you know, the keeper read that really well. The, the, the Vietnamese keeper, as you said, very impressive. She, she read that well, and it was that layoff that threw her off, which, which let Smith in. But she was, uh, she was tremendous. Um, even Smith's second goal, uh, the keeper was, was positioned well. A little bit of a defensive breakdown had to be a really good finish. So, um, yeah, and I, I think Vietnam also, one, one last point, uh, Daniel, I think not only were they organized at the back, but they were willing to kind of chase us in midfield, which is not something we've necessarily seen from uh, perceived lesser sides in previous Women's World Cups especially since the field was expanded, right? This is the first 32-team World Cup, but I would say when it was expanded to 24, you began to see some sides that maybe weren't as strong. Uh, that was in 2015. And, and since then, we've had some matches where uh, the, team, the, the teams that have frustrated us have tended to sit very deep. Vietnam didn't sit as deep as you may have thought they would, or maybe, maybe we didn't think they were going to uh, come out and chase us uh, the way they did. So, uh, it also allowed us to be direct and, and create some some opportunities that we may not have uh, uh, created against a team that sits eight or eight or nine guys, uh, eight or nine women behind the ball. But um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I have to say it was a good test, which is important because I think the concern was that they would be Vietnam would be like Thailand was in the last World Cup when we faced them, and then we would have to go into the Netherlands match. Um, which is again a rematch of the last World Cup final. I think the Netherlands are down. I actually, I actually am very down on them coming to this tournament. But most people don't agree with me. They still think that they're uh, an elite team. Um, so I, I might be wrong. I might be completely wet. But on that, but I, I felt like okay, if we just have a walkthrough before the Netherlands game, that's not going to be good for us. But I, I think this was a proper test. So now our legs are, are, are up. We're, we're getting our fitness levels up, and, and we're ready for the rest of the tournament. I agree with you there. And I guess uh, my last point on the Vietnam side of things, if any, any club in the NWSL is watching this Women's World Cup game with uh, our women and the Vietnamese women, uh, honestly, someone sign her up. Someone signed this goalkeeper up. I mean, that's how Eloy Room got signed by the Columbus crew, being a part of the CONCACAF Gold Cup back in 2019 for Curacao. He was on that national team to help Curacao make that run to the quarterfinals. So if Eloy Room could be signed by the Columbus crew and have a heck of a year and win a championship, of course, winning the MLS Cup uh, in 2020 – then by all means, I think any club in the NWSL, or even if when you know the the USL Super League for the new women's league wants to sign her as well, I say go for it. What are you going to lose? What do you have to lose? I, yeah, I completely agree. In fact, I had a, a conversation with a uh, with a uh, player personnel director, former player personnel director at MLS, former technical director at MLS earlier in the week, who expressed to me concern about how the USL Super League, USL Women's League that's, that's starting, how they're going to find players when um, European clubs are playing top dollar to the top women's, women's players in the world, and that USL is still going to retain uh, probably the bulk of U.S. women's national team players, the Canadian national team players. And um, I said, well, uh, let's talk about it in a month, because I think there'll be some names, some people who emerge out of the World Cup, and she's certainly one of them. She will be on the radar of USL Super League teams. I have no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you there. She will. Now we talk about our women, and uh, I think we can both agree, obviously, this was not their finest hour. Um, 
I don't know if they just could not connect in the final third that well. I don't think they took them lightly, Vietnam, but I, I just have this funny feeling in the back of my head that they might have just taken off, taken their foot off the gas just a little bit. I think they really thought they could cakewalk through this team. And I really think that they got frustrated by the Vietnamese and they can only muster those three goals. Yeah, there's um, – I, I mean, I think that there's some obvious concerns coming into this World Cup um, for the U.S., right? I, 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 you, you have um, an issue at center back, and we saw Blackville put Julia there today, which I think is was, was kind of smart, although I, I, what it does to the midfield is it, to be determined, right? Because I don't think the midfield was particularly good today until Lavelle came on, and, and it could create further ripple effects down the road. Um, then you're looking at uh, – because without Sal Brun, and we haven't had Dahl Camper now for a long time, but I still think uh, going into a major tournament without uh, Becky or without Dahl Camper, Abby Dahl Camper, is really potentially catastrophic. Now, England is missing their best center back also. They're, they're, England is perceived to be the other favorite along with us. Uh, but England still has four solid defenders. Um, I think they're going to have problems if they have an injury. I think they're down to, their, to, 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 to only four really solid starters in the back four. But um, we're having to shuffle things at the back, and that's a little bit of a concern. And then when you look at the midfield, Lavelle is, is clearly not fully fit. I, I think we realized that um, the Wales game, right, the, the friendly – I lost track of the dates. When was that? That was a week ago, mm-hmm. 10 days right. ago? Um, yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah. we kind of knew – when she was held out of that match, um, there was experimentation with, with Alyssa Thompson, right, playing um, in that match, starting that match. Today we saw Trinity Rodman play in that role instead um, on the right side. Uh, in midfield, look, I, I thought um, Savannah, she was, she was okay, um, but someone's going to have to step up uh, if Julie Earth is going to play in defense. And this is where... I think not having uh, uh, Macario and not having um, um, uh, not having Sam Lewis in this tournament is really going to have an effect if you're going to have to play Earth's center back because there's this ripple effect and you're going to be playing someone in midfield maybe that you don't necessarily um, – you're not, you're not necessarily as comfortable with. So the, the question then for me is what do you do – if you're Vlasco in midfield. We saw today DeMello, like I said, Savannah DeMello started, and um, Andy Sullivan started, who I think has had a pretty good season so far for Washington. Um, but you – I'm thinking Christy Mewis maybe gives you a little more. Emily Sonnet maybe gives you a, a, something a little different in midfield. Um, and as I said, I, I think not having Macario uh, is going to have an effect as the tournament wears on, and not having Sam Mewis. We have Christy Mewis, right? Uh, I want to mm-hmm. make, make it clear to people who haven't been necessarily paying attention to, uh, to, to, the, to the friendlies and the bill-ups of the tournament. Christy Mewis. Yeah, Christy fit. Mewis. That's her correct. Sis- yeah, yeah, yeah. Her sister Sam Mewis is not fit and has not been fit for a while. I think not having Sam Mewis at some point is going to catch up with us because she provides a lot of balance in midfield. And every club team she's played for until these injuries really struck the last, um, these la- the last 18 months. So this includes her stint in Manchester City. I think she was better than Lavelle and Dahl Camper of the three Americans that went over there at the time. I thought she was the best of the three. Um, but with the courage before that, North Carolina courage, and with the U.S., she provides a balance and sort of that very um, quiet role in midfield of someone that you need on title-winning teams, on teams that win World Cups. So um, midfield's a concern. Uh, Lindsey Horan today, as we often see, and this is a, this is a question, question a lot of people ask about her, um, including in Portland, because she is, she's the best American player. She's one of the best players in the world. What is the best way to get her on the ball more? Do you want her to drift deeper in midfield? Do you want her to push to the left? And we saw her do a lot of drifting to the left today. So that was kind of the, the tendency today. Um, but I think in the case of Haran, you sometimes need someone 
like Mewis, like Sam Mewis in the midfield also, to, to kind of give her that protection, especially now with Ertz um, playing on, on that back four. Um, we'll see if this, this continues the entire tournament. But so um, that's a concern I have. I, I think that there's um, – and maybe we see Christy Mewis or, or Emily Sonnet in the next two matches uh, in the group stage because I think there has to be some way – to protect Horan and let Horan do her thing. Uh, if we're going to stay in this 4-3-3 formation, which I think uh, Vlatko's kind of went to, I mean, I honestly, Daniel, we can get into this. I think there are some other permutations, some other formations that given our injury situation, I think ideally this would have been the formation if we had uh, Sal Brun, who would have been our captain, right? And, and she would have been uh, leading, uh, leading that back four if we had had um, – even just one of Macario and, and, and Sam Mewis uh, in this World Cup, and if we had had uh, Mal Swanson. But we don't have any – or if we had Christian, Kristen Press or Tobin Heath. But um, in this situation we're in right now, I think that given who we actually have at this World Cup, not who we thought we might have or who we would like to have because uh, of the injury situation um, – I'm not sure the 4-3-3 is the best formation anymore for the U.S. And, and maybe maybe that's a conversation for uh, after the next game because we still won tonight 3-0. But I, I have my concerns about the formation with this set of players. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I just don't feel the 4-3-3 is good enough here uh, for the players that we have currently right now on this roster. I wouldn't mind them going back to a 4-4-2, maybe do a 4-2-3-1. We'll see what happens, but uh, I definitely do agree with you. I, I just, I, I, I just don't think this four-three-three fits. I, I don't know why this has been such a uh, interesting formation for our players, both the men and the women. But still, you know, what do I know? We just watch the games. Real, Daniel, real quickly on the four-two-three-one. I thought the first three or four minutes of the game based on the personnel we had on the pitch, we were playing a 4-2-3-1, and then I saw the shape and saw where Trinity Rodman was playing and where Sophia Smith was playing and where Savannah DeMello was playing. I was like, oh, okay, it's a 4-3-3. It's, 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 you know, the personnel might be 4-5, uh, 4-2-3-1 personnel, but it's, we're playing a 4-3-3. So, yeah, on both the men's and women's side, we're now completely married to that formation. And I, I think it's... Yep. Uh, I mean, I don't want to have an argument about the men's side. And quite frankly, I, the personnel on the men's side, I probably don't know as well as I know the personnel on the women's side. On the women's side, I'm telling you at this point, I don't think it works for us anymore. And it was also a formation that was really good for Carly Lloyd, um, who is no longer, you know, who's retired, right? Who's commentating for Fox. Yep. So um, yep. I, I think um, there's, there has to be um, – some sort of, uh, and you know, and we saw that even in, in, in World Cup 2015, right? Um, Jill Ellis had to change the formation um, and insert Morgan Bryan kind of its protection a little deeper and like Carly Lloyd kind of run wild in, in, in that three-woman when, in order to get the best out of her. I'm not sure with, with her not, uh, obviously her retired and all the players I just listed, I don't want to list them again that are injured. Um, I do think there has to be some tactical flexibility. Now, unfortunately, we're now into the World Cup, right? Um, so mm-hmm. I don't know if this is the time where you can, you can start playing around with, uh, with experimental uh, tactics and formations. I mean, we saw, um, we saw England do it, right? Phil Neville decided very radically that he was going to mess with their tactics in the knockout stages last time. And you saw how it bit him. Um, and then, in fact, in the game against us, right, they reverted they, – they started in, in, in an unfamiliar formation in a 3-5-2, and then they reverted back to the, to the 4-4-2 they were familiar with playing, and they, almost, they, they really dominated the second half and probably should have gotten it to extra time, right? So um, I right. don't know if Vlatko can experiment. Maybe if we get the three points against the Netherlands, Daniel – then we have the Portugal mm-hmm. game where we basically won the group, and maybe you can you can be creative with some things. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to see what uh, what the head coach is going to do for the U.S. We're going to have to wait and see uh, 
what uh, Vlatko's going to do, and uh, hopefully he'll make the right decisions in the next matchup against the Netherlands, which will be later on this week. Um, Sophia Smith got a brace. Second goal helped out after VAR when the call was originally offside. I thought she played strong today. I thought, I thought she was definitely attacking. She was hungry. She found herself into excellent lanes, receiving the ball, um, attacking with the ball. I thought the first goal, absolutely spot on. How she beat the keeper through the legs was absolutely fantastic. And then, of course, um, that second goal she scored in first half stoppage time um, Originally called offside, because to be honest with you, I thought it was offside when the play was made. And you don't know what offside is anymore. <laughs> Just like you don't know what a handball right. is anymore in the box or what's a penalty these days. But VAR overturned it. Yes, apparently Alex Morgan wasn't in an offside position, but she did not uh, affect the play. So that's why they reviewed it and said it's a goal. Yeah, and, and, and in fact, I, I think maybe um, the – Part of Alex Morgan's body that was offside was her hand, uh, which she can't play the ball with technically, although it may have been her shoulder, which would make her offside. But yeah, perhaps she didn't interfere with the play. I'm still dubious about that rule because, quite frankly, if I'm a goalkeeper or I'm a defender, I'm still, I don't know. Let's just take this, this goal, for example. I don't know if I'm a Vietnamese defender that Morgan was offside. So I'm still, I'm still accounting for her, right? In, in, in how I'm positioning myself. So, I've never liked that, uh, that interpretation of passive offside or whatever they call it now. Um, the whole VAR situation is, um, and I'm glad they got uh, the calls right for us for the U.S. today, but the whole VAR situation in this tournament has been an absolute farce to this point. Uh, we're having ridiculous amounts of stoppage time. In, uh, I think in total in this match, we've played 20 or 21 minutes of stoppage time, right, between the two halves. Um, that was the case in the Canada game. Uh, the Canada-Nigeria game this morning, uh, this morning our time in the U.S., um, that was the case with the, uh, the, the New Zealand-Norway Zealand game uh, to start the tournament. I mean, it, it's just I, – I, I don't know when they're going to get VAR right. You know, if you can't – and I, I, this is something – for all the criticisms we have of Major League Soccer, you and I, Daniel, this is one thing MLS got spot on, right? They knew fans of, of soccer, fans of football didn't want to be sitting – for 10 minutes waiting for a decision. So basically they make the decision quickly. Like there's basically a clock in MLS, it feels like, right? And, and yes. if they can't come to a decision in, that, in that, that quick time, it's done. Okay, the game, game resumes. Um, right. This, this, is, this, this is really ridiculous. I mean, this whole tournament, it, it, the Men's World Cup was pretty bad too, but the first three days of this Women's World Cup, it is out of control, the amount, the amount of is. time on VAR. I mean, this is, this is like uh, college basketball or the NFL now or like college football with all the replays and the delays. Yep. yep. You know what? Um, I mean, we have to give credit to where credit is due. Bundesliga, the German Bundesliga gets it right because they don't waste any time either. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think La Liga gets it right when they do VAR. I think uh, England still has problems here. Because I think they're, 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 the, the, the English FA referees, they are too much, you know, stick to the rule, stick to the laws of the game. I'm going to add some lines, different interpretations by different uh, referees, whether they're the assistant VAR or the head VAR guy for that particular match. I, I just think that even, I know Howard Webb is over there in England right now, trying to help out with the VAR situation and everything. But the truth of the matter is this, is that these referees, FIFA must bring someone from pro to come to these World Cups and be a VAR manager. I don't care how many of them you have to bring over. You've got to find a way to knock, knock down the amount of stoppage time that's being given in these World Cup games because it does get farcical very, very quickly. Yes, I, I completely agree. And I, I think uh, uh, VAR was being done right. The league that implemented it first with the Dutch League, the Bundesliga, MLS, um, and then uh, Italy, uh, uh, Spain. And then England did it last in the big leagues, although they had um, goal line technology first. 
And, and I think Dave really kind of messed it up, to be honest with you. So I'm hoping Howard Webb, now that he's over there with the FA, um, he I, – I did a class with him, actually, in uh, – I, 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 whenever when they were first implementing uh, VAR, and they had done it um, initially in, in, in a couple of USL games, right, when Piero was first implementing it. And, and he was really to the point about wanting this thing to be very quick, wanting it to be, if there was a new phase of play, it's over. You know, you're not going back and looking at anything at that point. And I, hopefully mm-hmm. we can implement mm-hmm. that in England also. But I mean, to your point, sorry, I mean, we got off on VAR, but Sophia Smith has been, um, I think, the best player in the league uh, at WSL thus far this season with Portland. And um, she's just picked up where she's left off uh, at the club level. And the U.S. really needs that boost because if you look at our front line um, with Kristen Press and Tobin Heath out, and then with Mal Swanson getting injured in that friendly against Ireland, we're in a position where we have an 18-year-old Alyssa Thompson. We have Trinity Rodman, who everybody is really excited about, but she's still a young player, uh, unproven at the international level. Uh, we have Lynn Williams, who has been, for my money, the best um, striker in NWSL over the course of the last seven or eight seasons in the league, but has never really produced that form for the national team. We have Alex Morgan, who's been money mm-hmm. for the national team, but quite frankly you know, has had some, some bumps uh, recently and is 34 now. Um, and it, she needs help. Uh, and, and I think maybe, you know, again, the 4-3-3, she's played well in the 4-3-3 in the past, but that was a younger Alex Morgan with a different skill set. So maybe she, she would benefit from a formation change. Um, so Sophia Smith really uh, is going to be counted on to score goals um, in this tournament. Now, I think we're going to get goals out of midfield from Haran and from Lavelle. But um, you're going to need, especially if you're playing in the 4-3-3, which, again, I think we're stuck, right? We're, we're playing that formation. It, it seems like that, that's the case. Yeah, we're stuck. Vlatko uh, is not going to change. So you're going to need goals, the wide players in that 4-3-3, Smith, and whether it's Rodman or, or, or Thompson or, or – or, uh, I mean, I think those would be your options. Or Rapino, obviously, would be one of your options on the left. Um, if you want to move Smith inside, right, you could play Rapino on the left. Although I don't think – uh, Rapino can go 90 minutes at this point either. So, um, which is probably the same case with uh, potentially the same situation with Alex Morgan. Um, she's really going to have to lead this team. She's really going to have to be firing on all cylinders in this tournament. Um, we're we're going to be more reliant on her than we would have ever guessed we would have been a year ago. And um, she's come up big in yeah. the first match, so that's a really good sign. No, she really did. And, you know, Trini Rodman, uh, tough as nails. You know, that was strange what happened there. I I guess she got clipped in the back of the leg, or I guess when she landed, she must have hit the boot from the defender off of her back. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, first 10 seconds. Um, Uh, She's tough just like her dad, I'll tell you that much. (laughs) Yeah, no one was as tough as as her dad. it, it, uh, for those of you who didn't watch the MD in those days, her dad averaged like 18 rebounds a game or 19 rebounds a game for however many successive seasons uh, between Detroit and, 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 and Chicago. <laughs> you know, just tough as nails, doing those, those little things, which, by the way, so again, I mentioned uh, not having Sam Mewis. I think that's where it becomes a factor. Like in the games against better teams where you need someone in midfield to, 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 to give you some industry and, and, and be very smart with their movements off the ball. Um, and the issue today with the midfield is that they didn't keep the shape very well. And like I said, Horan uh, does this with Portland too. So it, it, it's not – it, it, it's, not, it's not a catastrophic situation that she's having to drift to the last and kind of serve the ball from the last – and, and uh, she has a great partner, great relationship with Sophia Smith, obviously, to play together. Um, and they play together at the club level, so they know each other's game really well. But then they're both kind of drifting left in this match with the way the formation set up. Um, but, I, again, ideally would like to see um, a shape in midfield where we're controlling the tempo we're controlling the pace. We're pinging the ball around between uh, Earths. Well, if Earths isn't in the midfield and someone else, um, 
and again, maybe it's Sonic, who we didn't see today, um, and, uh, and Lavelle and, and Moran. And, and maybe the ultimate issue, Daniel, is Rose Lavelle is not completely fit, and she got 30 minutes in the books today, which is really important for us. We looked better the 30 minutes she was on the pitch than the 60 minutes when she was off the pitch, uh, even though we scored twice w- without her on. Um, I think maybe as she gets full fitness, uh, which we have to assume she'll have by the knockout stages, uh, maybe this thing is going to look a lot, a lot different and a lot better. Um, I still think I still think that there's a lot of positives, and and, and I I still think we are the favorites to win this tournament. Um, but we have to be realistic that with the injuries we are bringing into this tournament, um, and, and for, maybe fortunately for us, the, the only the only other national team I think is really close to us globally is England, and they are also uh, suffering from a number of injuries, and then two players who I think retired kind of in an untimely way, probably should have waited for the tournament to retire. So um, I, I think that's the one uh, saving grace for us, but we have to be realistic that uh, when we critique this team and look at this team, we don't have the depth of talent and experience we had in 2011, 20, uh, 2011 when we got to the final loss to Japan, 2015 when we won, when we beat Japan in the final, 2019 when we beat Dutch in the final. We don't have, I think maybe potentially we're as good, but we have so many inexperienced players that are having to play important roles now because of all the injuries to players that were experienced, right? Of the players I named that, were, that we don't have in this World Cup that would have been starters or potentially would have been starters. Macario was the only one without significant international experience, right? The rest are all uh, players that won the la- were at the last World Cup and won them. And in most of those cases, as I think offhand, maybe all of them, um, well, not in Mewis's case, but in the, the, the Sam Mewis's case, but in the case of, of, of Preston Heath and, and, and Belkamper and, and Sauerbrunn, uh, players that were at, um, and well, Swanson, uh, it was just 2019, but uh, with the case of those four, were, were, were core players even in 2015. So um, we have to be realistic. This is a younger team. This is a less experienced team. This is a team that um, they're going to have to grow into this tournament. They're going to have to get comfortable, and they're going to need performances from players like Sophia Smith, um, who have been phenomenal at the club level, but have never had to do it for the United States. And today she did. So that, that's a really good sign. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you there. You know, I want to give congratulations to Alyssa Thompson, uh, 18 years old, and her very first World Cup match off the bench as a substitute. It's amazing what she has done in such a short period of time in the NWSL, especially for Angel City FC, how she was drafted by them, playing for them, dangerous for them. And now she gets a good 14, 15 minutes off the bench and looked pretty good. Obviously not enough to say she was dynamite, but you know what? To give her that much time off the, you know, off the bench right now, I'd like to see her get maybe a little bit more time in the second half, maybe 30 minutes or so, if it's possible, obviously. I hope so. It's up to Vlatko, obviously. But I thought Alyssa Thompson did not – have any nerves whatsoever and took the moment very well. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think uh, clear that this was her moment. He he, he saw him conversing with her uh, as she he was going to get her ready to bring her into the match. Um, again, I, I keep seeing this. Mal Swanson it, it got hurt against Ireland in the friendly, so that opened the spot up for someone to claim, right? And and I think. Chances are either one of Thompson or Rodman would not have made the squad if Swanson were fit. So we really, first things first, with Swanson going down, we needed Sophia Smith to step up uh, playing on the other side, right, right, playing on the the left side. She's done that. Um, And now we need either Thompson or Rodman to to, to produce for us. And I think today both look pretty good. They both look like they were were up for it. I mean, my concerns – uh, out of tonight have nothing to do with our with our front three. But, or, I mean, again, I I would rather it not be a front three. I'd rather another formation. But the, the three that played up there, um, and in terms of Alyssa Thompson, this is really a breakthrough because we have in the past, and this is this is us adjusting to the way 
the women's games is becoming more competitive around the world, Daniel. Um, we see England, Spain, um, the Netherlands, France, Germany, those five countries in particular, uh, bringing co- players straight from high-level academies, straight into professional teams, professional teams that are competing at the top of their domestic leagues, professional teams that are competing in the UEFA Women's Champions League, Chelsea, Man City, Barcelona, Wolfsburg, uh, PSG, Lyon, um, and, and, and the Dutch teams as well, right? So um, it's been Atletico Madrid. That's another one that, that, that's produced some good players that we'll see on Spain. So it's really critical that we begin, we've been very reliant on the college system. And I was even telling someone earlier tonight, look, I had seen Morgan Bryan in person play in the 2014 NCAA National Championship game uh, for the University of Virginia against Florida State uh, in, at, at the stadium at FAU, uh, not far from where you're going to be moving pretty soon, Daniel, uh, at Florida Atlantic University. That was December of 2014. Morgan Bryan is a senior at Virginia. They lose to FSU. She's, we're counting on her that summer. Jill Ellis is counting on her for the U.S. national team, and she played a big role, as I said earlier, in us winning the World Cup. Now, that was the old way, right? We would be, all our players would go to college, right? And um, yep, we would kind of bed, bed them into the national team at 19, 20, 21. And, and then they'd, they'd hit the ground running at 22. We, uh, Alex Morgan, same thing, right? I remember when she played for the Pally Blues in, in the P, in the PDL, not the PDL, the PDL, so the, the W League, USLW League, and um, then moved right, you know, was playing for Cal at the time, then moved right into the national team, 20 on the World Cup. Um, we can't do that anymore. I mean, we can do that with some players, but we have gotten worse progressively at the youth level in the women's game, right? We're having the same problem in the women's game at the youth level. I don't know if all our fans realize this, that we had at the men's youth level about 10 years ago when we were started missing qualifying for tournaments, right? So, yep. Um, now Swanson, who I mentioned earlier, uh, she came out of an academy in, in Colorado, and then now we've got Alyssa Thompson, who has come directly out of, um, out of actually an MLS academy, <laughs> So, you know, congratulations to Major League Soccer. Not only did Messi debut tonight uh, for, for, for the team in Fort Lauderdale, but they, uh, they produced an academy player who made a World Cup debut tonight. Um, but we need to do that. We need to be moving players directly from ECNL uh, and MLS Next programs and USL academies directly into our national team. And so um, I think symbolically, Alyssa Thompson getting a run out tonight is a really big deal for the U.S. because – we have to – unfortunately, the rest of the world has caught us. They're developing players uh, at a younger age, much like they do in the men's game, and we can't rely on players coming through college anymore. So uh, her and, of course, Lindsay Horan's a little older now, but Lindsay Horan is a player that went and played at PSG at a young age and, and developed a different skill set, which is why she's our best player now and she's one of the best players in the world. But these are things we have to do to compete. So I'm really excited that Alyssa Thompson got a run out today. Uh, hopefully you're right. I, w- I would love to see her get 30 minutes in one of these last two group games. And we might count on her. We might need to count on her because, as I said, without Mal Swanson's production with her hurt, we're going to need either Trinity Rodman or Alyssa Thompson to step up in this tournament. Uh, Sophia Smith can't do it alone. And uh, certainly we're going to need goals from midfield from Rose Lavelle and from Lindsay Brandt, as I said. No, absolutely. And we'll see what happens when they take on the Netherlands in their next matchup. And, um, you know, as I said already, Netherlands, I mean, not Netherlands, excuse me, Vietnam, not really a, a danger on the attacking front. They had a couple of attacking runs, but nothing really threatening uh, the net. And unfortunately for did. That did worry me. Sorry, I, I have to throw this in there, Daniel. Is that, oh, yeah, no, go ahead, um, please. No, v- go ahead. Vietnam's, best chance at the, Vietnam's best chance at the end of the game became, came because Kelly O'Hara, who I have always kind of been nervous about going back for many years, um, both at club level and, uh, quite frankly, in NWSL, and uh, with the national team, made, made, made a terrible error uh, that you cannot make um, in that situation in, uh, in, in a game against a better opponent. Now. We have seen also O'Hara be tough as nails in some of those games 
later in, in, in the last couple of major tournaments. But um, I do want to point that out because given our center back situation at the, at the moment, we can't have O'Hara on the right or, or Crystal Dunn on the left, who is not a particularly good defender. It's better bombing forward. And granted, she is not a natural left back, and both Jill Ellis and Vlatko have decided they needed her at left back um, because of our deficiency at that position. Um, I mean, the last World Cup, I, I thought Casey, Casey Short, Casey Palmer, I think she is now, uh, would have been the right call at left back. But Ellis decided to play Crystal Dunn there, and we, we got away with it. But we don't have Dahl Camper and Sauerbrunn in this room. So I have to stress, like, those, those mistakes from the fullbacks um, from either Donna or O'Hara can be very costly in this tournament in a way that they weren't four years ago. Yeah, so, so no, sorry, absolutely. Go, go you were saying something about Vietnam. No, I'm just saying, you know, Nayer didn't really get much uh, action out there. All she was just doing, probably could just get a launch and get the morning paper or something to uh, just sit by her goal line and not even worry about what was coming at her. But, you know, look, this is the draw and that it's the opponent you get. There's nothing you can do about it. That, that, that's who they're facing. Uh, first Vietnam. And now uh, let's preview of the Netherlands. Uh, you say that this Dutch side, who was a strong side a couple of years ago, of course, winning the Euros, the Women European t- uh, Championship, they may not look as strong as they did uh, a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I want to make it clear that I, uh, I, uh, I'm not seeing the Netherlands are, are in the same category as the, as the Philippines or, or Vietnam or, or Costa Rica or some of the, the, the teams that we've seen that are overmatched in the tournament. Although, again, I thought Vietnam played pretty well tonight, given their limitations. Uh, I am saying they are not at the same level that they were in 2017 uh, when they won the Euros, 2019 uh, when they got to the World Cup final and, and gave, gave us a good game in that final. Look, they have a situation where obviously Miedema is hurt. Everybody knows that. I think you also have um, a pretty inexperienced back, uh, back line and one that I, I, I don't think is quite as good as it was um, a few years ago. I think you see there are other really good players in terms of uh, uh, Roard, um, uh, Spice, who, who is now in, in her mid-30s, and Groninen not play as well in the last 12 months as they had played before. Now, this all having been said, um, and of course, uh, Martin's up front. She's in her 30s now, too. This all having been said, these are all players we know, right? The main players I named are just all household names. They're stars of the women's game uh, uh, internationally. Uh, Miedemann may be the biggest star, right? Uh, uh, maybe, maybe the best player in the world. She's, she's, she's out for this tournament um, for, for the Dutch. They're still a good team. I just don't think they're quite at the level they were in 17 and 19. And quite frankly, in 17 and 19, they were the second best team in the world behind us. Um, and the gap wasn't that wide, as we saw in that final. So I'm saying I think they dropped off from that level. I think they've dropped off maybe a little more than we have. We've dropped off as well as we've talked about. Um, but they still have that experience in midfield uh, with, with Roard and, 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 uh, and the names I've mentioned. And I think we're going to have to be more in control of the tempo in this match because you also have a situation where I think um, you – have to be able to take advantage of opportunities. We have to be able to take advantage of opportunities we get maybe on the counterattack. Because the thing we know about the Dutch team is that they will control possession for large portions of the match. It won't be like today. Um, And we know that that midfield is still really capable of uh, frustrating us and making us do a lot of chasing, right? Uh, and, And you have players that are playing at the top clubs in the world. Uh, outside the, the top clubs outside of NW, uh, NWSL. Uh, Van de Donk, of course, has been great with Lyon. Rohrd is a player I watch a lot with Manchester City. I, I rate her very highly, but I don't think she's been as good the last 12 months. I think she had a, a pretty lousy season this season by her standards, high standards, admittedly. Um, Groningen, we know how good she is. Um, but I think we have an opportunity with our pace 
particularly with Smith and Rodman. Maybe maybe this isn't the game for Alyssa Thompson, actually, since you mentioned her, uh, Daniel, um, to get behind their back line, to kind of really frustrate them and get goals um, on the counter and also use our superior athleticism and our um, ability to play direct, which we saw a lot of today, and even at the times when Lindsey Horan drifts to the left, to, um, to, to, to beat them. I think ultimately we will beat them. I do think it will be a tough game. It will be a 2-1 match or 1-0, something like that. But I, it's, it's not um, quite like the World Cup final in 2019 when I went into that game, especially after how we had basically escaped against England, right, and how um, – right. We beat France. I mean, we really, we really beat up on France. I felt good about how we played in the quarters. But the Spain game, we had been somewhat fortunate also in the, in the round of 16, thinking, you know, the Dutch, are, the Dutch could get us. Um, we're going to really need to set the tempo early in that game. And we did, and we beat them. Um, and, and we were world champions again. I don't have that same fear of them this time. I, I think we will win. It may not be that comfortable, but I think we'll, we'll get the three points. And then that sets us up for a final group game against Portugal where maybe Vlatko can uh, give uh, Alyssa Thompson a, a game, give her a start. Maybe then you can, you can see I, my theory is Sonnet maybe better in midfield than what we saw today. Maybe you can give Emily Sonnet a game at that point. You can give Christy Mewis a game at that point. But we're going to need to get the job done on Wednesday night uh, before we have those conversations, quite frankly. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. And for them to win the group, obviously they got to get six points uh, on this. And then depending on what happens in the uh, last group stage game against Portugal, we'll find out then. But um, definitely I agree with you. I think the Dutch's midfield is going to be very, very dangerous. And those two players you mentioned in uh, Van der Donk and Groningen, uh, Groningen um, definitely uh, should be the ones they have to watch out for. I think if they, if they can isolate those two, I think without a doubt they'll get the full three points out of that uh, out of that match on Wednesday night. So we'll see what happens there uh, when we get there. But other than that, Cardick, um, solid start. I wouldn't call it a flawless performance, but uh, they did enough where they were able to get their goals. But they really should have played a little bit better than what they uh, than what they did tonight. Yeah, I think I think that's the takeaway, right? Uh, we, we we got the job done. We got the three points. Uh, Vietnam was a little better, uh, uh, better prepared, and, and actually just better than we thought they'd be, uh, and, and definitely had a game plan and, and chased us at times and made us uncomfortable at times. Uh, it, I, I, I do think uh, my uh, my primary concern revolves around the midfield. If, if Earth is not going to be returned to midfield, which yeah, I think Blanco may be making the right call there because I, I was very nervous about what our center back situation would be like. And when I talked to Neil Blackman the other day, Neil and I were kind of like, man, maybe Earth plays center back, or if she doesn't play center back, we basically play with a back five, whereas the, 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 the withdrawn midfielder, she's drifting back to cover those center backs because they're so inexperienced. Um, so I, I think this was just with, with uh, Salver on out. This is something he had to do. So the midfield is, is a concern. because no, no, no Sam Mewis, no uh, Macario which means Lavelle and Haran have an awful lot to do. And um, whoever that third yeah. midfielder will be, um, you know, we, we will see if it's Cabello again, if, if maybe uh, it, it's Sonic. But uh, that's my primary concern coming out of the game is the midfield. We have the best midfield in the world. Um, they, they actually, the other midfield that's close to us is the Dutch, who, 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 who will play in the next game. Um, that's the advantage we have, because you could argue – England's back four is better than ours. You could argue uh, some uh, nations have similar attack attacking options than we have. I think England may be slightly better in, in, in attack than we are. The midfield's our strength, and tonight it wasn't. So job done. We got the three points. Vietnam, credit to them. They played really well uh, for, for, for a limited side. But I am concerned that the midfield, which is the best in the world and which is going to have to be the best in the world again if we're going to win this World Cup, um, and, you know, everybody's shooting at us. I mean, this, this is unprecedented. We know what happened to Germany when they had won two World Cups in a row, women's World Cups in a row, and hosted in 2011. Um, every, they looked bad the entire tournament, and Japan got that in, in the knockout stages. So this is the same target on our back, and we're not at home, right, like Germany was in that tournament. So we know how hard this is going to be. Um, so 
in order to win this, that midfield has to be as good as we think, not as, not as we think it can be, as good as it has been. And, um, and so we didn't see that tonight. But I, am, I'm, I have the, the most positive sign is that Lavelle played 30 minutes and she looked good. She played well. Uh, fitness levels are coming up. Maybe she can go a full 45 against the Netherlands, maybe go 60 against Portugal, and then by the knockout stages, she's ready for 90. Um, I want to go back to Alex Morgan real quick, and then we're going to probably end the show, but I wanted to talk about the penalty real quick and just say um, either she telegraphed that uh, run-up to the spot. Yes, she did. Or she just really, really took it terribly. I, I, I think she telegraphed it. I think she, I no, think no, she, she tipped off the, the I, keeper. I, think I, I, I don't know if I said it to you or if I just said it to a bunch of people since it happened. Uh, and didn't say it on the show, but um, I told my wife, hey, because I, 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 I've also watched a lot of Alex Morgan over the last 12 years, or the last 14 years, if you go back to her time at Cal and, and Pally Blues. I, I, with, with the way she was approaching it and running up, I knew she was going low into the left, and I said, oh, I said loudly, she's going low into the left, and she did, and the Vietnamese keeper had probably studied the tape, and she knew the same thing. So, yep. yeah. She probably did. No, absolutely. Well, ladies and gentlemen, once again, the U.S. women's national team defeating Vietnam by a final of three goals to nil. They get their first win of this World Cup in their back pocket. And this time on Wednesday night, uh, excuse me, July 26th, the United States women's national team will be taking on the Dutch. So it's going to be a fun time. Join Carter Krishnire and I again this Wednesday for another post-match show. And it should be a lot of fun. Kardik, I'll talk to you on Wednesday. Yeah, we'll talk to everyone on Wednesday night, and, and that, that's a big game. So uh, I would urge everybody to watch that because, again, it's not just a group stage game. It's a rematch of the last World Cup final. All right. So once again, for Carter Krishnire of World Soccer Talk, and, of course, read our articles on beyondthe90.substack.com. This is Daniel Feuerstein. Thank you for listening to our post-match show for this FIFA Women's World Cup match between the United States and Vietnam. Have a good night, everybody. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.